And welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And today we've got another great episode for you guys today. It's a good friend of mine that I haven't seen or talked to in a while, Brian Maroney from Airways, which are based in England, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, Brian is a really cool guy. This was actually my first time meeting him, uh, talking to him, whatever you'd want to call it. And I got to say, like, it felt like I've known him for years, you know? There's just some people that are very easy to chat with, and he, he just happened to be one of those guests. Yeah, it was really cool to hear his perspective on, you know, moving from America to England for a, a band and coming back and kind of doing the other artist things that he does in the music industry. So it was really cool catching up with him and learning about his experience. Yeah, he's definitely had quite a different journey than any other guest we've had on the show so far. And and I'm really excited for you guys to just dig in and, and hear our talk with Brian. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for all the support you've been showing us already. I mean, what is this, episode 15? Episode 15. That's crazy to me. Every episode after one, honestly, is blowing my mind. So <laughs> Isn't the that fact true? that we're well into double digits is awesome. Uh, if this is your first time listening, make sure to like and subscribe and leave a rating and follow us everywhere at Talkin' Podcast on social medias. And we've got an email too, at Talkin' with Andrew and Chris at gmail.com. So... Let us know. Talk to us. Yeah, and also, I want to thank you guys so much for all the support around our new single, Run Into Me. As we said before on the pod, me and Andrew are both in a band called The Stash, and we actually, you guys have heard, we've played the song at at some point in the last two episodes, and the feedback has just been absolutely amazing. You know, we were nervous about sort of like mixing that into this podcast, but going forward, we're going to share more of our music with you guys. So thank you all so much for just the great reception, and we really do appreciate you guys. And we'll be right back with Alien by Airways. Let me in to your country, I've only come to play Let me in, don't ignore me, cause I won't go away If you shut me down, I'll just come back I'll ride in on some of the track If you let me know that I'm not allowed I'll sail in on some of the cloud And we're back with Brian from Airways. Brian, what's going on, dude? How's it going? Thanks for having me, Andrew and Chris. Thanks for being on, dude. Uh, For for those who might not know, me and Brian actually go back a long time, and it's also been a pretty long time since we've seen or really like verbally spoken to each other. So this is quite a treat for us as well. I'm glad you guys are back on good terms. Yeah, we're just yeah we we had a little bit of a uh, mishap uh, when we met Matthew Perry just. I don't know. He yeah. got a bit more attention, and I just—I was a bit upset about it. So I haven't talked to him in a few years. But 
<laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up because I'm I'm sure it was gonna come up. Let's just let's just dive into that, dude. We met Matthew Perry one time and it was still where were we? Sun- one of the best sunset, days. Weren't we? Dude, we were on Sunset Boulevard. It sounds like a made up story that you've heard on like a TV <laughs> show, but like we were on Sunset, someone oh, you know who it was? Justin. Being the guy oh, that he, he was is, like he was like, he Yo, was like oh is anyone there who down the street. No no no. He goes, Who's Chandler Bing? And I go, <laughs> Are you joking? Uh, from Friends, you ever heard of it? Like the one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, well, apparently he's down the street." I'm like, okay, well, Terry, you're grabbing your camera, and we're gonna go see yeah. if he's down the street. We literally scouted this man out, ruined his we, lunch. We went like, to the coffee place because he was there. We definitely yeah. ruined his day. And like no one else was taking pictures with them, and then of course we were like, "Fuck it." I mean, wait, yeah. can I swear? No swearing. No, you can swear. All right, cool. I'll try and keep it to a minimal. But oh, no, dude, it's encouraged. All right, <laughs> fuck it. Um, but yeah, so we just, uh, that was. I guess that was probably like the middle of the tour. So I've seen you since sooner than that. Yeah, but yeah. Like it's been like four that. years. It's been like four years, hasn't it? Yeah, it ha- at least. What tour was this? This was uh the final Hollywood never ending. End, never ending summer tour. Oh, okay. So I guess yeah. we were in the same place, same time. We just never met, man. I was at the Gramercy Theater show. Oh, really? In New yeah. York City. I yeah. mean, maybe he, you knows, might have. He was he was the merch guy for, uh, or one yeah, of the two merch guys for Seven Minutes in Heaven. That's all I was doing. Oh yeah, we had two merch guys. <laughs> yeah. What was that all about, <laughs> dude? I mean, how else are you gonna take a break? I never got a second merch guy when I was doing it. I mean, it was great, but I was, you know. Listen, dude, know. on that tour, I wasn't even the main merch guy, so I was doing probably the least of anyone on that whole tour. Yeah. I was giving away raffle tickets and then giving away a shirt, and that was pretty much That was much a long it. tour as well. That was a long tour. That was a great tour. It was like seven weeks or something. Yeah, and I always remember that tour. But um, but yeah, right after that is when I moved to England, and it's it's all history since and then. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, because I remember people talking about it, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. I just met this kid. He lives in Chicago and telling me he's moving to England to play drums for a band. Like, yeah. sure. I mean, I wish I could do that, but good luck, I guess. <laughs> it was just funny because it was like that whole summer. It was like I was doing merch and it was like, I don't know. It was kind of weird because I was like, I'm moving away to play in a band, but I'm like spending my entire summer before doing merch. But like that whole tour was just such an experience that I needed. So is that like your first tour or something or? Well, like that was my first year of touring. So I had done like a few tours with Seven Minutes in Heaven, the guys I was with before that. But it was still pretty new to me. So that was kind of, that was kind of like my first long tour that wasn't like 10 days, you know. Gotcha. So so while we're talking about this, why don't you just sort of take us back and walk us through how you got to be in England? And, you know, like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's hear about that. Definitely. So um, actually, it was... Like two or three weeks before that tour started, um, the summer before I moved, I was in LA staying at our current manager's house. Um, and I, our singer was there and he was just kind of doing like a acoustic singer songwriter thing. He kind of wanted to be like Jake Bug, like that kind of thing. And uh, like Jack Johnson, I don't know. But I loved his voice and I was like, you know, I'd have nothing else going on. I was just in like a different pop rock band and it ended and I just decided it was time for a big change. So we were kind of jamming in rehearsal rooms and stuff. And I don't know, it was just going really well. I really like, I kind of 
in the past, my issues and bounds have always been with the singer. And so it's like I was looking for someone that I knew I could count on as far as like having a really unique voice and songwriting ability. So I, I just had that gut feeling. And yeah, I mean, I said I would move to England and I wasn't really thinking about it at the time. I didn't realize I'd be moving to this like little small town in England where there was literally nothing. But um, yeah, I mean, I just did it. And I think I kind of expected things to happen quicker than they have. Um, it's been like four years, obviously, but it's been like a steady up climb and we're doing really well right now. So, I mean, I couldn't be more thankful, but yeah, that's kind of the story of why I went over there. Um, and I kind of found that what was good about it was I didn't have any distractions. You know, I couldn't get in my car and like drive to 20 friends' houses to drink or, you know, do something. All I could do was music. So I just dedicated all my time to it, you know. So what I want to know is, when I say take us back, what you did was great. But take us back even further, man. Like, how do you get into drumming? Way back. Where are you from? Way like, back. Because to, to move from England, obviously, that tells me that you're super passionate about what you do. Yeah, of course. And, and you're putting your all into it. So I just think that our listeners, because I would love to know. You know, what, yeah, definitely. how do you get to that point? Because that's extreme, um, man. You know, I moved to I Brooklyn mean, from upstate New York and I thought that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, think, so. I think like moving in general is just like a big step in anyone's life, even if it's like two hours away. I mean, it's like you're leaving your most comfortable place. But um, I mean, I started playing music when I was like four. I started playing piano and I kind of, I knew right away, like when I was five, I used to like, you know, try to write songs and stuff. And like, they would just, I, mean, I don't even know what they would sound like. Probably atrocious, atrociously bad, but um, I kind of just kept it up with music all the time I was young. And then when it came to like fourth grade, when, you know, they say, Oh, it's time to decide if you want to be in band or orchestra or whatever. I picked the drums just cause I don't know. I thought they were cool, I guess at the time, but they like, forced you to know piano as well to play drums which is really weird so i like fake learned a bunch of songs on piano and pretended that uh pretended sorry one sec someone is uh i just got like 80 notifications on my phone it was really annoying um, <laughs> it's all good all right must be but, nice um, <laughs> where were we uh, you were just, Dr yeah, drums so, were cool in school yeah drums were cool at school that's great. That's the caption for the the whole thing. There it is. Um, but yeah, I just I was really into like heavier music and you know more like rockier music when I was young, and I kind of grew out of that more into like the pop punk scene, and that's kind of where I started being in bands and touring and just kind of playing shows. And I mean that's been going on forever. It's just been something that I've always wanted. So you know starting that dream 10 years before moving to England my decision moving to England was pretty much you know this is my shot get the you know get the hell out of Chicago which sounds Chicago sounds great but it's like I have so many distractions here you know it's like I could go do anything any night of the week which is awesome but it's like when I first moved to England we sat in the rehearsal room from nine to five every day and kind of just learned how to play as a band. I mean, 
we were terrible. I'm telling you, when we moved to England, it was like we the first month we were just absolutely terrible. I was like, man, why did I give up everything to move? And I'm not like trying to sh- you know shit on my bandmates, but like yeah, other other than my bass player. Um, like none of them had been in a band before, so it was just like super new to all of them. Um, so it took kind of a while to get things like off the ground, but we did. Like I remember that year, we I just booked us in England like forty like one off like random shows, and we kind of just worked through like all the kinks and stuff. Every, every weekend, we just drove to you know whatever city, played to ten people kind of got that out of our system, you know, within like the first six months of being in a band. And then after that, we got taken on tour with Nothing But Thieves, which was kind of the start for us, um, playing to bigger crowds. And yeah, it's it's all history from there. But yeah, as far as like going back into music, I mean, music's just always been my life. And I would literally, as cheesy as it sounds, I was always like, I'll literally do anything to make this happen. So, yeah, that's why I was like, you know, just going to move to England and see what happens. I was 19, I think, at the time. So I was like, you know, if I come back when I'm 23 and nothing's happened, then I haven't lost too much time. (laughs) Absolutely. No, totally, man. Um, So was school ever in the picture? Was there any pressure by your family or the people around you? Definitely. I mean, my my dad especially really wanted me to, you know, go to school and get a degree. I mean, both my parents, really. I think they just thought it was the norm. I think most parents nowadays think it's the norm. But it's actually, I'd say the past few years, a lot of, I'm seeing a lot more people, like, be accepting towards it. But, yeah, I would say, so the first semester of, like, when I was supposed to be going to college my i did online classes for like the first semester even though i was touring so like that was fine for one semester i hated it like i wasn't actually you know i was just like doing the online tests and looking up the questions on google it was like a complete waste of money but i i remember the second semester of the first year i was in vegas or something on a tour and everyone else is like going out and I'm like sitting on my laptop in the hotel room doing some like, I don't know, marketing online test or something. And I just called my parents and I was like, look, I can't do this. And I was like, I'm wasting your money. Like, you know, even if it's only a few grand a semester or whatever else, because it was just like community college or whatever. But I was just like, you know, if I want to go to school, I'll go back when I want to. So, yeah, after that, they kind of just supported me, which was great. I mean, they just decided, okay, well, maybe he's right. And at the time, like, I was actually, you know, making more money than I would have working at McDonald's or whatever. So they were like, okay, you know. But, yeah, they've become really supportive, especially with, like, me flying back and forth between England all the time. And, you know, they've because i mean at first we didn't really have much money as a band so we were kind of putting in a lot of our own money now it's funding itself which is great but but yeah it took a while (laughs) yeah i bet yeah 
So, so what was it like getting to that point then? You know, you, you talk about now Airways is doing enough uh, of, of a dent, I, I'd like to call it, to be able yeah. to sort of like fund yourself. I assume that's off of like streaming revenue and like, yeah. you know, grossing off of like, you know, shirt sales on tours. But what was it yeah. like moving to England, trying to make this band work, you know, and, and you guys yeah. obviously started from scratch like like take us through like how you were your, your role in airways and and how you guys all sort of like went through this journey over the past four years yeah so I'm, I'm kind of like i'm the drummer obviously but i kind of run like the business side of things um like we have managers and everything but you still kind of need a business person in the band to be the one there making sure everything happens so i've kind of always been that guy um and like our guitar players, like our graphics guy and our bass player does the merch and everyone's got their own kind of thing. But um, yeah, the first, I want to say almost two years, like it was like the second month I was living there. I remember just being absolutely broke. I was kind of like, you know, is this even going to work? Do I just go home? But we had just written like some of the first songs that we were going to release and I was super excited about them. So whenever I would like kind of get down about being broke, I would just walk around and listen to the demos and just kind of like remind myself why I was there. Um, and so it was like one month in, I was broke. So I went down the street in the town we lived in to every single bar. Um, and the final one, and I basically was just like, look, I need a job. Like I'll do anything. Like, Technically, I wasn't supposed to be working at the time. I don't think they're going to incriminate me over this podcast. But <laughs> um, but so, like, basically, I walked into, like, the last bar. I was like, please, like, I just need some work. Like, because we weren't really, like, touring or anything. We were just practicing every day. So, you know, I had the opportunity to work every night and make money. And so she was like, oh, my God, like, you're this cute little American boy. Of course you can work here. Like, didn't even have to interview or anything. So I ended up working as a bartender when I was 19 for like 50 hours a week in this small town in England. And that was like the most like, that's probably an experience I'll just never forget because it just, it was so weird. I would fly back from England and I wouldn't be able to drink legally. <laughs> so it was like, even though you I'm were serving like the drinks. Yeah, I'm, like, serving loads of drinks. Like, everyone's buying me shots all day. It's like, but that was like, that was kind of a, saver for the band like if we didn't have if i didn't really get that job i don't know that things would have been able to stick together the way they did because the you know the financial aspect of it was kind of funding me completely um but yeah so that's you know that was kind of that and then there was also you know the point of at that time none of my band members really had their own places so at, at the time, I was kind of, like, crashing around between their places, but, you know, they have their families, and, you know, their, you know, full families there, so it's kind of awkward sometimes just to be living with someone's family. Um, we wanted to do, a uh, like, a documentary called How to Clear a Room in 30 Minutes with Airways, because we played this <laughs> show. <laughs> we played this show once where it was, like, all these acoustic guys before us, and then we went on, and the sound guy was just like, he was mixing really loud because it was for acoustic people. But when we came on and started playing full band, it was so loud that the whole crowd just left, like completely left the room. And 
afterwards, like we were just laughing and it was whatever. This is like really early on. Right. Um we uh we walked out afterwards and everyone's like waiting outside listening through the door. They're like, That was awesome, but it was just so loud. Like <laughs> I had to come listen out here. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Kinda sounds like you got scummed by the sound guy, to be honest. I mean that happens more often than not, unfortunately. But uh I mean you live and you learn. That's that's just like, you know, we've had some some bad mess ups and shows that you know, it shouldn't have happened. I remember in Germany, we were on tour with Nothing But Thieves, I think in Frankfurt or something. I always mix up the uh, German cities. but And, you know, Derek, actually, from Walk Me. Both of, of course. You, sure. um, but we were, like, mid-set. And so I run, like, all our backing tracks through my laptop. And I never hook my laptop up to the wi-fi at venues but for some reason i had i think i had to download something i don't know but i got a facetime call in the middle of the set and and it just starts coming through the interface and i've got a recording of it brian i just i just want to let you know that sweet tea is the guy in our band who runs all this all the tracks for us live and stuff and i think he had to leave the room right now i think that's his worst nightmare and i think you just brought that to life for him so i I hope you're doing good i've got track stories i've got track stories for days like we were we just got off tour with the main and um we were again somewhere in europe and so the tour before that our bass player had to hop off a few shows for some family stuff. So we basically put the bass sums in my session and played them as tracks. But I had to restart my Ableton session during one of these main shows. And see, no one listening is going to know anything about this, but I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It's an inside scoop. (laughs) Um, Welcome to our segment, Talking Shop. (laughs) <laughs> this is what we do man we like to pull the curtain back so please continue yeah. just to rip that curtain um, right on back for us yeah but uh so basically i restarted ableton and then we start playing this song we have called alien which comes in with this huge bass line and so since the bass stems were in when my bass player and the bass stems came in it was just so loud the entire venue like it just blew out the speakers basically (laughs) and i was like i was like what's going on why is the bass so loud like i was looking at the sound guy i was like come on like what's going on and then so we stopped the song and jamie's like playing the bass and i'm like oh it's fine now it's fine (laughs) so we do it again and then it happens again and i'm like oh my god what's going on so I was like, all right, I'm just going to restart Ableton again. I've got them like telling a joke at the front. And I restarted and I realized as I was restarting, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, the bass is in the session. And I realized I was just blasting bass out of my tracks the entire time. I was like kind of looking at the sound guy like it was his fault. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, no. What's insane is that as the sound guy there's a chance that he may have thought it was his fault too because he didn't know that you were playing that. He, he'd well, he be like, did. what's he, wrong he with did. me? Afterwards, he was like, what happened with the bass? I was like, I was like, don't worry about it, bro. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> but, uh... So yeah, you were saying about Derek calling you. I, I want to get back to that because you know I love when things come full circle on the show, especially when guests know each other. That's true. Yeah, Derek I was mean, our first guest. Derek was your first guest, I remember, because I'm actually Derek's manager now. 
Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that too. Like, it seems like that. you guys have like um, a pretty, uh, you know, cohesive relationship going on. Like, I know that Derek sort of like travels with you guys when you come to the the states, as you probably like to call it. Yeah, he's been, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, the states. Yeah, so he, he's been like he's got a van and stuff. So whenever we've came here, I've kind of been like, you know, let's rent your van and have you on tour and he's awesome to have around and kind of during that experience i mean i kept in touch with him the whole time after we did a few tours before i moved to england and he was always kind of the guy that i ended up going back to and like just calling all the time talking about music and for a long time i kind of told him i was like you know i want to manage you but i just don't think like you know i don't want to do a bad job and blah 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 this that but it you know he ended up just kind of staying in Chicago a lot of my house and we wrote a lot of songs and kind of just talked about a lot of stuff and we just have such a good relationship when it comes to you know I call him literally every day I was on the phone with him before this we just kind of I feel we feel both really comfortable kind of talking to each other about our ideas and just works really well because he kind of just needs he's got everything in my opinion like he is amazing he just kind of needs someone to you know make sure everything keeps rolling at a good pace and content's coming out and stuff like that and yeah i mean it's been awesome so far we're kind of just starting out working on a lot of music for him and planning out the rest of the year but that's kind of you know when i was younger i wanted to be a music manager i didn't really want to be the guy in the band so i like you know i like the idea of being able to be in the band and manage so i'm trying that and it's just, you know it's working out um but derek's just awesome like he's my favorite person to work with in the entire world um because he doesn't take anything too seriously i think that's my favorite part of him like he takes music and everything super seriously but he doesn't like freak out if anything goes wrong you know he kind of just goes with the flow which i think is really important because like nothing ever goes the way you want it to in this industry there's like i can't name like one time that things have went exactly as i thought they would so well it's like for every every story of like oh yeah this worked out for us in the music industry like there's 50 million stories before that of it not working out Yeah, exactly. And it's like, so, yeah, I started kind of working for Derek at the end of last year, and we were pitching the music to different, like, label services and distribution companies and getting really good feedback, but we just didn't really have, like, a release plan yet. But um, we were talking to this company called 1RPM, who's, like, a label services company um, based in New York, and they got offices everywhere, and they loved his stuff, and I ended up you know, meeting with one of the guys in Nashville and they actually hired me as an A&R. So I'm working for this label services company now and just kind of signing on artists and bringing on those artists and helping out with their distribution and submitting for playlists. And It's been awesome. So that's, that's kind of like my new thing. And I think it's going to be really helpful with Derek's music and everything since I, I kind of have like a full marketing team available to me now to, push independent releases which speaking of that we should talk about your next releases after this but yeah uh, yeah we'll we'll do that off uh we'll do that off air but i appreciate you uh thinking about us like that man yeah of course but i mean it's just like i'm i'm just kind of at the point where 
this year I decided that I'm just going to go all out. I think before this year I was like, you know, I got to stay focused on the band. But I found that when I was too focused on the band, I, I was focused on the wrong things and kind of, you know, overthinking different things when a lot of the band stuff kind of already just happens. Like, we have a full team now and everything happens. I don't need to kind of stress about anything anymore. Um, so I just decided I better fill up my time with some other stuff. Right. No. Um, so obviously my next question is, how do you find the time? Because, you know, it seems like, you know, looking at your guys' Instagram, you guys are touring a lot. Yeah, I mean, you'd be I mean, you know how it is. It's like, I've got, you know, my hotspot in the van, so I can sit on my laptop from 9am to 5pm while we're driving. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of like managing Derek and that type of stuff is phone calls. So I just end up sitting on my phone calling people every day. Um, and you know, there's stuff I wish I had more time for and eventually like, you know, I'd like, I'd love to have like an assistant manager and stuff like that. But I just, to be honest, like I love like hanging out and chilling and stuff, but if I don't do productive things like during the day, at least for a few hours, I just like have a terrible day. I'm, I'm a hustler at heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't I know it? I saw you slinging shirts, dude. Yeah, exactly. You saw me. I was wearing the. Uh, remember when they had the crop top, and I was running around in Boston. Dude, I mean, how how could I forget? Oh man, I couldn't wear a crop top now. I've got a bit too much beer on the go. Dude, I re- <laughs> I remember. I remember this is a specific, like tour day story with us. I don't remember the whole group, but we were walking around, uh, the town with. It was either a joint or a blunt or something. I don't remember. We were walking around, passing yeah. it around, and. We saw a cop. I know a cop. The cop definitely did not see us because was it San Diego? I feel like it, was it was definitely like, San Diego. Okay, and, yeah, and, we were, it was like it was like ten of us. Yeah, yeah, it? we it were just like, all walking around doing. Was it, it was, daylight? Oh, it was reckless. Oh, it was yeah. really Sorry, dark. It was like, yeah, these were my dark like, times. Sound check. Sorry, Dad. These were the dark times, and um, <laughs> and fun. and I go around the corner with it because everyone's paranoid as crap. You know, they're like, oh my god. Look, dude, oh, you gotta I get out of here. I was like, this. I was like, okay, I don't know why you gave it to me, but sure, whatever. So, I'm, <laughs> so I'm like going around the corner. There's really no problem. Like looking back on it, there was no issue. There was nothing to be worried about. But we were just like, <laughs> so I'm talking to this. Yeah. I'm talking to oh, this. We were so freaking out. I'm talking to a woman who I thought was the valet for whatever building I was staying in front of, but it turns out that she worked for this app that's like a valet service just out on the street. Where like you use this app, someone's near you, they scooter to your car and they find a parking spot for you. And then when you're done and you just hit the app and they go bring your car back to you. And she was telling me about it and I was like, What? And I was it's listening like Uber to this. For parking. Exactly. And I was and she was like, Yeah, I mean, I could give you the information if you want to sign up. I was like, Yeah, sure, give me the information. And I look over and you're like signaling me to just throw whatever I'm holding on the ground and get rid of it. And I'm like, I don't I can't <laughs> I can't listen and do these things at the same time. Yeah. But that was that uh, that's just like a that was just a man. typical tour day with, you know, twenty like nineteen year old guys. <laughs> going around I, like, America. that tour is still I, I still think like just the overall like vibe of that tour I'll never get again oh absolutely like, it was like it was like an American Pie movie I don't think I've ever been so irresponsible <laughs> in such a little amount of time <laughs> yeah and it was like I don't even know dude it was awesome like I would go back and do it again but 
Oh, I would do it again. I mean, maybe the Hollywood ending reunion tour will happen. I mean, Dan Dan was Dan posted something on his story trying he to did, get. The, I, I know that that's a tease, but he should be careful who he teases. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm there. I'll sling merch all day. I mean, all we have to do is find whatever. Um, did you? Were you ever aware of the All the Way tour from back in the day? All the Way tour uh, with All Star Weekend. Yes. That was the first time I saw them. I I saw that was the first time I saw Hollywood ending. That was the first time I saw All Star Weekend. Also, I, I mean, I'm I sure was... there's still a petition out there on the internet to have an All the Way tour part two. Well, I heard rumors <laughs> about about an All Star Weekend reunion show, but I don't know. If well, it's listen, anytime that a band that's not together anymore takes a picture together, they're, they're just doing that. Just be like, hey guys, look, we're all hanging out. But every fan who ever sees that picture, they're like, oh my god, guys, they're getting back together. They just can't tell us yet. Exactly. They're, they're doing it. They're really doing it. And then it doesn't happen. <laughs> well, I think that's a great way of like testing the waters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, just to, to see, see if people, people freak out. Yeah. 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 But uh, exactly, man. Now I, I want to switch gears a little bit because we, we spoke yeah. about your move to England, but there's plenty of bands I'm sure you could have joined in America. How, how did yeah. you link up with the Airways guys and and sort of like decide that that's where you had to go, you know? like Yeah, so actually it's funny because um, when I was in L.A., it was like, it was me, the singer of my band, and then the Rex were staying in the house as well. I don't know if you know those guys. Yes. Um, but so I was kind of like jamming on drums with the Rex a little bit, jamming on drums with Jake from Airways a bit. And I just kind of decided, I think the reason that I made the move was because at the time I was like, you know what, most of my favorite bands are English. So I was like, it would be awesome to kind of immerse myself into that scene. Um, so I kind of, I don't really know what made me make the decision. It was like a total gut thing because, but I never like regretted it, which was weird because I was so far away from everything. Um... But, you know, I don't really know. I just, I love our, I love playing our music. And we're not like, I kind of switched from, I was in like a pop punk band before that. And I was kind of like done with, you know, that stuff just gets a little bit boring. I'm sure, you know. So it's like, I mean, at least the stuff I was doing, I still listen to pop punk. That's good. But. Right. The stuff we were doing was terrible. That's so good. It was like, well, I'll tell you yeah. what, because I was in I was in a hardcore band for a little while. So like the other yeah. side of the Warp Tour scene, you know, and that's crazy that you're in a hardcore band and now you guys have your band now. Let's say now you're more like indie pop. Yeah, trust me, I'll I'll have Chris on as a guest on talking with Andrew and Chris, and we'll talk about that some other time because that that <laughs> is a story in in itself. Dude, I don't need to hear this hardcore band. It's it's one of those things where it's just sort of like, and also our producer Tristan, who's also in the band too, he plays keys and does like the uh, the, the more DJ aspects of the group. You know, he was also in yeah. a hardcore band, and it's just sort of like as you grow up and mature, like some people, their life is in punk rock. And don't get me wrong, I still return to it, but there was like a list of like yeah. probably a hundred bands I used to like, and now there's like a list of like maybe fifteen or twenty that I go back to and I actually like I'm not just like blinded by like, oh my God, this is a warp tour style band. I have to listen to everything. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so it's funny yeah, that there, there cannot that's be a what, band like, I don't everyone, know. It was yeah. like, oh like this band released the new album. I have to go buy the scene. And it was awesome. Like it was great that there was that support behind that scene. But, yeah, I think everyone's kind of just growing up a little bit. Uh, to be honest, like, I listen to so much, like, hip-hop and R&B. And, like, 
like that type of stuff now. I don't even really. I listen to bands, but only when they're like really cool or really catchy. Like I, I, I love really catchy stuff, no matter if it's cheesy or whatever. I love that, no matter what the genre. And I'm always listening to R and B and hip hop and anything with like groove is kind of. I just like to be able to dance. I mean, I don't dance, but I like to be able to feel like. I can dance to music. I like to think. I like to think that's kind of what music is for, in a way, or that's what it was made for, at least. But I don't know, pop music. Um, well, you guys yeah. certainly aren't. I mean, you have you're very catchy. You have your your pop elements, but it is very much so rock and roll. So, like earlier, you said, you know, most of your favorite bands are from England. Like, like what are some of those bands, and what are some of the artists like that you grew up listening to? You know. I mean, so, like, when I was growing up and stuff, I was listening to a lot of, like, the classics, like Led Zeppelin and, you know, Ozzy and stuff like that. But before, right before I moved to England, I was, like, in love with Catfish and the Bottlemen at the time. Um, and Arctic Monkeys, I was having a huge phase. And there was just all these, like, and even Nothing But Thieves, who we ended up touring with and he's uh, the guitar players our producer like i just loved kind of all of these bands are doing i mean i wouldn't say catfishes they're kind of more just straight rock and roll but there's just like a raw energy to uk rock in my opinion it's not i feel like sometimes the rock music over here in the u.s can be a bit too clean cut in a way um but i just find that the producers we were working in and uh, sorry the producers we were working with were kind of just pushing the music to the next level it wasn't really it didn't feel like rock and roll it kind of felt like hip-hop times rock times i don't know i just felt like everyone in england is kind of pushing their sound a lot as far as genre and i don't know i thought it was a good move but other artists, I mean, the vaccines. There's so many like UK. I can just pull up one of my playlists right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, because you guys definitely have that spirit of rock and roll, and you know, like more so the English rock and roll that I I know of. I'm not too hip to the modern stuff. I mean, you know, of mm -hmm. course, I know the Arctic Monkeys. Um, yeah, 1975 stuff like that. Well, that's not really. Yeah, they're a different spirit, though. They're yeah. a different energy than what I think we're talking about right now. Like for yeah, me, it's no, like as soon as I said it, I felt that that was not what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I, and yeah, I mean, like Foles is a good one. Yeah. I don't there know you if go. You've heard of them, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I mean, Two Door Cinema Club, even like all those people, so good. I mean, there's so many bands I could go on forever. I mean, even if you the, even if you cool look thing, like back in time, like with like America had like the eagles and stuff like that and then like england had like the sex pistols and the clash that's what i was gonna say i was gonna reference yeah. Yeah. those two bands because exactly each of them had they were all huge in their own right but the eagles were definitely way more polished and refined yeah whereas like the uh, the clash's recordings london calling is a messy album by anyone who's concerned yeah. from like a production standpoint yeah you know? and even if you look back on all those classic rock bands like you know like deep purple or the Who, or you know, all these other bands like those weren't. There is a raw. They weren't to it. from America, and yeah. they were the ones that no, they every, invaded. I mean, Rolling Stones. I mean, exactly. Everyone, and yeah, I mean, I have a funny story about the Eagles. Actually, a little bit off topic, but oh, it's never off topic actually, with the Eagles, dude. We love them. I met, uh, I met this girl in, I think it was like 
again, somewhere in Germany. It's always in Germany. But I started talking to her because I heard an American accent. I was like, okay, this girl's American. Whatever, I ended up, you know, spending some time with her throughout the evening. Won't go into the, uh, into the details. But she's, like, talking to me the whole night about, like, her uncle's in some band. And she lives in Malibu. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, her uncle's got to be in some, like, crazy band. And he was, like, the drummer of the Eagles. <laughs> I was like, what's his hold name? Hold on, hold on, hold on. But, like, the drummer of the Eagles or, like, the drummer of the Eagles when the drummer's playing guitar? No, like he's in the or no, it might be the guitar player. I gotta look at the names. Yeah. But anyways, a member of the Eagles is her uncle, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "You don't just like." You're just gonna say that like that it's from nothing me all night, like, <laughs> and just pretend like I don't even know who the Eagles are. Um. But yeah. Anyway, off the side topic. No, no, uh, dude. That's, that's funny, man. If I you love still have her, if you still have her number, send it my way, dude. I'm, you know. Andrew's a huge uh, I mean, fan yeah, of the Eagles. I don't know if you. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but Andrew has become a huge fan of the Eagles in the past few years. Yeah, they they. I my it. eyes were open to the the wonder that is Eagles know the and you know I've never looked back, yeah. dude. I just have that peaceful, easy feeling with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anywhere. No the. Um. Yeah, I mean, and again, kind of going back to like the English music thing, I kind of felt at the time like. And now that I've realized the past few years I've been there, the the music scene over there is just incredible. Like, there's such a platform for bands and artists to tour and play with other bands. I mean, it's such a small country that you can literally drive, you know, one hour to the next city and play to a hundred new different people. Um, So it makes it really easy that way. And they have... BBC over there, which is like this huge radio station I'm sure you've heard of, but they kind of have tons of different like introducing shows and stuff where they have local and unsigned bands on every week in every city throughout the UK. And like these bands will get different chances to be on Radio One, which is like the big 10 million listener station. And they just give bands an actual chance. You know, I don't see. You know, I'd say there's a good alternative radio station market in the U.S., but in the U.K., for rock at least, BBC, I mean, they've got specific rock shows, too, where they just play, like, Bring Me and Enter Shikari, and, like, they just, they play that stuff on mainstream radio, and it's awesome. Like, I don't really hear people doing that here, and I think that's why there's still a platform out there for that type of music and people still go to shows i find that like it's easier to get people out to shows out there like everyone wants to go out drinking and go to shows i don't know if that has anything to do with the drinking age being 18 if people are just you know they don't grow up having to drink vodka in their friend's basement so they're <laughs> used to actually going out <laughs> it sounds sounds like you um, speak from experience i mean yeah you know how that tour was like oh wait <laughs> We're, oh, dude, you weren't even at... So the day after that tour ended in New York, we played like a Pittsburgh show with the big time seven minutes and I did an acoustic set. Oh, I remember hearing there. about this because okay. everyone was like, we yo, gotta go we got to go. And I was like, dude, there's no way I can yeah. go to that, but I would love to. Okay. <laughs> so that night, like we were throwing a, you know, classic hotel room party. Classic. Like, and... We 
we uh, obviously didn't do a very good job kind of hiding where the hotel was because like <laughs> 40 or 50 like completely underage people just showed up just to like hang out. I'm also like, classic. Like, and like as they showed up, so I'm walking out of the hotel room. I've got a bottle of tequila in one of my hands and a blunt in the other. And I'm like ready to party. And I walk out and there's just like, all these kids i'm like oh my god dude i'm like this is not good and and literally five minutes later three squad cars pull in i'm like oh no i was moving to england in like six days oh my god i was obviously under underage drinking so i was like fuck and uh so they lined us all up like it was literally like 45 of us they lined every single one of us up we're all fucked and they're like going down the thing, checking everyone's ID. And I remember me and Brennan from Seven Minutes because he was like oh, love eighteen at the time. And we just fucking ducked down, and we like rolled under some cars and just ran into the forest. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, and like I think I think they ended up getting like a two thousand dollar fine on the room or something. Oh my gosh! But um, I remember just hiding in the forest for like an hour. That was such a weird night hold with on, the bottle on, of tequila. Hold on, So you're saying that this <laughs> happened after the never-ending summer tour? Literally the day after the Gramercy show. Oh, that's right. I was thinking, because were you on the... You, oh, that was the turn-up tour, wasn't it? That ended in Long Island and ended... Everyone was uh, at that yeah, one hotel I, I room? I played... That was... I think... I don't know if I met you that day, but that was the first day I met a lot of people because I played the Chicago show on the uh, turn-up tour and I met like... We, pro- we probably met, but I... Cars. You know... I don't remember yeah. what I was doing that day. Um, I was going to say... Brennan was on that tour playing for Late Night Reading, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Dude, that's how I met Brennan. I always forget that. Yeah, he was. that was the first oh, time I met him. R.I.P. Late Night Reading. He's a good old boy. I've been working on some new music with uh, Brennan and Alex and Justin, so they've got nice. they've got some stuff on the way. Nice. They'll have to have a podcast. Nice. And uh, <laughs> speaking of new music, um, uh, you, you were telling us a little bit before the call that, that Airways, uh, depending on when this this interview comes out, you may or may not have some new music for people to listen to? Yeah. So, I mean, our plan originally was to kind of release two songs every month for the next few months. And we've kind of delayed the next two songs but i think they're going to come out at the beginning of june and our fans are going to be really excited about which ones they are because one of them we've been playing live for a very long time um and people have kind of been begging for it but i won't say what it is um but yeah i mean so hopefully hopefully those are out if not we just put out two songs called trampoline and the end um we haven't really even posted too much about them we've got a music video for trampoline um we're gonna keep pushing it i know we were on alt nation with trampoline for a few weeks which is awesome um but yeah it's kind of like those two songs are definitely like way different than anything we've done so far um and it's kind of a sneak peek of as to what's coming we it's more like we've got a lot more electronic elements and just really huge like sounds and it's it's much more experimental i would say while still being kind of commercialized songs um it's not like weird or anything it's just like different for us um but yeah i'm excited 
after that, I mean, it's not like we're just going to release those two songs. We're planning on releasing like six to eight more songs this year because everything's pretty much done. Um, I'll send you guys stuff, actually. Give you the uh, sneak Ooh, sneak preview. An exclusive. But, um, I love to, man. An exclusive. I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really excited. We're kind of off now for like two months. This is my time at home to relax. Um then we do we're doing a bunch of festivals in July and August in England. And then we're doing we've got a big like twenty four day headline tour um in England and Europe in October. So that we're kind of just really focusing on selling those shows and kind of going from there. But um last headline tour we did it was awesome. Europe for some reason people in Europe just like to come see us, which I can't be thankful enough for um we did like two support tours over there and somehow we can pull hundreds of people which is awesome um i just want i want to be able to come back to america and do that um we haven't been here and i would love to do that in america yeah like we came here in like april a year ago exactly and we did what's actually funding us right now we did like two private shows it's crazy. Like I'm telling you guys too, you should try and find some like college shows because they just pay. I'm not going to tell you how much they paid us on this, but like do college shows because they just give away money. It's ridiculous. That's great. Well, that's, um, I'm sure that's cause like the, the board or whatever they're like here, you have this amount of money for a show. So whatever you need to do. Exactly. And then they're like, well, we might as well use all of it if they're giving us this much. <laughs> Yeah, I think it works like that, where it's like, well, we have 300000 for this semester, so like, like it's no big deal giving eight grand to the artist that no one knows. Or like, it's like, but I mean, I know people that make livings off just that. It's crazy, like college shows. Well, that's um, uh, that's actually what Mike Posner did to get to get his yeah. foot in the ground. Dude, sure that's what I think everyone, I think everyone in like that genre, especially like Yeah, I think that's what Asher shows. Roth did. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean he had with the song. the song, yeah. Yeah, he had the, the college theme song. Dude, I just want to be the next Scooter Broad. Dude, right? Hey, man, I think all I'm saying. if you are, then can you manage us? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we'd love to start it up. <laughs> Sweet. Um, well, um, yeah. I, I, think... I don't want to mess you guys up. I want, I want to be good first. <laughs> yeah, totally, become, become Scooter Braun and then call us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just want to meet the guy. Like, Yeah. True, and be like, is Scooter your real name? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Did your mom wonder, name you Scooter and you had to work through being Scooter to get where you are today? I feel like this is an important question. I'm going to look on his Wikipedia. Like, was he Scooter before the fame? Because if so, then good on him for, like, getting taken seriously yeah, like, with a name like Scooter. Work. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, no. Scott Samuel Braun. Well, okay. Of course it was Scott, well, but I want to know if he was, was in, introducing himself as Scott Braun until he got Asher Roth, and then he's like, no, nah, the name's Scooter. Scoot. Scooty. Well, I think I think leaving it at this mystery is a great way to uh, to wrap this episode up. True. I could talk to you. Give people something to think about for their week. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've had a great time chatting with you, man, and we just yeah. met. It was it's it's been really a pleasure. I could yes. keep going. Yeah, but, thank uh, you so much. Yeah, we'll have um, you back. Sometime. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, please. I'm hoping to come up to New York actually at the end of May, so oh, we should cool. all link up. Stop with by. Derek. Stop by the um, studio. Stop by the podcast studio. We can get a video edition. Yeah, Whoa. man, I'd I'd be down. I'd be down to link up and uh, meet you in person. But but before we yes, let you go please. here, where can people find you and the band, and where can they buy tickets um, for your tour and and all this cool stuff yes. you have coming up? 
So everything is just at Airways Official. Our website's airwaysofficial.com. Um, that's where all the tickets are. I'm Brian Airways, I guess. I, I've been thinking about changing my social handle, but I don't really like my last name in a handle. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep it as Brian Airways. Um, but yeah, that's everything. Hopefully, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed listening. This was great fun for me. Oh, this was, this was a pleasure, man. And what song would you like us to leave? the people with uh you can give them trampoline give them trampoline all right well then without anything else here's trampoline by airways thanks brian thank you sitting around like there ain't nothing to do scaring me down i promise you now it's really not true oh you like to mouth up and fill the room up with your fuse but do you ever shut up you never shut up i never get through when you take a break, put you in your place Wanna sit you down, say everything you do is fake Been around it too long, I can't wait For something to come up so I can escape I can't believe I'm still awake I'm struggling to deal with the heat And people freak me out on the street So that, Yeah, I really need to quit Find some other trampoline Cause I'm losing it I got a black being going to trap It's my life So suck on that Bend up with your shit And I really need to quit Find another trampoline Cause I'm losing it And now you're walking around Like you're on some gangster crew Yeah, you've got to wake up You've got to grow up It's really not you to get out of my face when you take a break Put you in your place, wanna take you down Cause everything you say is fake Been around it too long, I can't wait For something to blow up so I can escape I find it hard to stay awake Struggling to deal with the heat People freak me out on the street So that's that, gotta ride the Yeah, I really need to quit Find some other trampoline Cause I'm losing it I got a hot being going to try It's my life to suck on that Bend up with your shit And I really need to quit Find another trampoline Cause I'm losing it Find another trampoline cause I'm losing it.